You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Greetings, Webcology listeners. The ecosystem of the web marketing world is always changing. Technology, and more importantly, radio is evolving. Introducing the next evolution of radio technology for web marketers, the webmasterradio.fm mobile app for iPhone and Android. Listen live, download new shows daily, and stay connected through our social media network. Download the webmasterradio.fm mobile app in the iTunes Store or in Google Play now. Welcome to Webcology. Webcology is the show that takes you to the deepest and darkest ends of the ecosystem on the internet. Our guides will take you on a journey into web marketing and bring you the experts and the information so that you can further explore the web marketing world. Now, here are the hosts of Webcology, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Hey everyone, welcome to Webcology here on webmasterradio.fm. It is the 3rd of January, 2013. So, uh, 1313. Um, Happy New Year, Dave. And to you, sir. How's it going? It's going great. Oh, just so you guys know, this is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media and Dave Davies from Beanstalk SEO. You're listening to the show Webcology on webmasterradio.fm. And Dave, it is going great. Um, 2012 was a... Uh, bouncy year for most people it was a great year for me um <laughs> i truly enjoyed 2012 and uh it was a good year for my company and i'm, lo- I'm looking at 2013 as a uh, hopefully you know knock on jim's head as a great year yeah you know what i, I think uh, a lot of us are, are looking forward to this oh yeah hoping for a little more maybe stability and and more on the on the business development and opportunity side rather than on the I'm going to give you a spanking side. <laughs> well, that whatever floats your boat, brother. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, I think I you know like if you're looking for stability around Google, I'm not so sure you're actually going to see a lot of it this year. Um, you know, stability in the business world. Yeah, I mean, I'm. We'll, we'll we'll see what happens. I mean, that's all that's all about confidence. And you know, we got over a pretty significant hurdle uh, yesterday. It's another one coming up in sixty days, but that's the way that uh, the American Congress wants to do business. Um, it's crazy, but you know, I think for the most part, people are feeling confident that the recovery is happening. You know, businesses are going to start spending money again, 
and it should be good for the whole sector. The question in my mind is, what's the sector going to look like 12 months from now? Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, there's a bunch of interesting stuff happening. And, uh, you know, today we're, um, we're going to be talking about Google Plus uh, as part of what I'm pretty sure is going to be a number of shows looking at the evolving ecosystem of Google+. But before we get into that, um, breaking news, Google dodged a bullet. Um, the, uh, I, I want to give you a tale of two headlines, Dave. This, this one was, was, was pretty interesting. We've been looking at this for a couple of years now. Google's been um, dealing with investigations by both the European Union Antitrust Commission and by the FTC, Federal Trade Commission. Mm-hmm. And the question is, does Google use its you know, enormity to shut other players out of what should be a free and equal market? Well, here's the two headlines I want to read you. One is from Google itself. This was published uh, just about an hour ago on the Google official blog. And the headline reads... The Federal Trade Commission closes its antitrust review. Okay? So mm-hmm. This is what Google's headline. The Federal Trade Commission closes its antitrust review. Jumping over to the FTC.gov website, the Federal Trade Commission's website, the headline reads, Google agrees to change its business practices to resolve FTC competition, competition concerns in, in the markets for devices like smartphones, games and tablets, and in online search. So, from where Google's sitting, the FTC is off its back. From where the FTC is sitting, Google's agreed to make significant changes in its business practices. Either way, Google has not been found in violation of antitrust agreements. Yep. <laughs> um, one thing in this review, there, there were a couple things in this review that I, I had to take away um, as, as really you know, kind of interesting. Um, one of the things was in relation to augmenting search results, which I, I think you were probably uh, keenly interested in as well. Um, and the FTC found no evidence um, that, that this was taking place. Okay, fantastic, because that's always something that we're always, you know, questioning and, and this and that. And I mean, you know, I, I, I can argue that they have the right to because it's their properties and, they, you know, you, there's tons of counter arguments and, and fair enough. Um, so they, they found that they're not doing that. Fantastic. But one of the interesting things to me, just because I'm a, I'm a capitalist, um, that I found interesting is the way it sounded on on Google's side and the way it sounded, you know, if you you just read the headline kind of thing, um, is that, you know, Google's going to just let people use this stuff, right? They're, 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 you know, they're great. You know, don't be evil, right? Like, that's that's the Google way of doing things. But the sentence from it, uh, Leibowitz, one of the the people who is reviewing it, had noted, we are especially glad to see that Google will live up to its commitments to license its standard essential patents. That's it. They they, they haven't agreed to, hey, we're going to make this all open for everybody. They've agreed to license it. So basically, Google's agreed... And some of it they may give away, but uh, basically from, from the from the actual agreement, they've agreed to charge people money. <laughs> right? like, okay, um, you know if if that's a big win for you that you're now forcing Google to make more money and add to their revenue streams, 
Yeah, I get why Google worded it the way they did. There's a huge win. <laughs> well, I mean, what I, what I think they're really, really um, looking at here is, um, you know, mobile patents. Google has a bunch of patents uh, regarding Wait, Motorola and yeah, how you deliver ads uh, to mobile products, and also how you get information from what you deliver to mobile products, and that's. Um, According to the FTC, it's called Standards Essential Mobile Patents. In other words, to meet the standards Google has set, other other players in the in the mobile advertising sphere have to have access to to this kind of technology because it's now standards essential. Right. So when we're talking about selling licenses, we're talking about third parties like Apple, Nokia, Microsoft. You know, we're talking massive entities, not you know little guys like you and me. So you know that I mean, in, in a way, I think it's a good thing. Google's been forced to um, you know open its uh, basically allow its competitors to compete at the standard it itself has set. Which is fair. Yeah, and they got to be compensated for the technology. They made it. They invested in it. You know, it mm-hmm. takes, takes hundreds of millions of dollars, we're assuming, or maybe it takes five minutes and some pimply-faced Googleite um, over by the candy machine. I don't know myself, but I imagine it takes, like, a lot of money to come up with this technology. Um, Probably a buck or two, Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Now, one thing I think that was really interesting, um, Google is going to have to create an ads API that will allow you to transport your AdWords advertising over to um, a place like Microsoft Ad Center. I mean, I mean, think about the complexity of recreating campaign after campaign after campaign, right? Mm-hmm. Well, how about if you create it once in one standard – and then just shift it all over to the other, rather than having to recreate it in the other. That's huge for Microsoft. It is. It is. I know we've we've had a client um, who, and I sent him through the. You know, he was doing it himself. So I'm like, here's here's how you do that. Um, and I mean, the functionality thus far has been been reasonable, um, but I do look forward to seeing what they what they can come up with to sort of push it forward a, a little bit. Um, but you're right, it is huge. And what for people who are doing that, I'm, I'm just going to, here's action item. Um, Bing is, is different. I know you know this, but just for our listeners, this isn't just a simple matter of, hey, and now I'm going to move all my stuff over and, and, and it's going to behave exactly the same. No, it's a good starting spot. But Bing is different. The the bids are different. The users are different. Your conversions are going to be different. Um, so you, you need to make those adjustments once you okay. get it over there. Um, great, great point. Important to note. Um, it's not exactly the same for sure. But, again, the time saving. Oh, indeed. Getting those initial setups. And, I mean, if you're just first testing, it is a good starting spot for people who've, like, invested a whack of research and a whack of time testing titles, testing this um, onto Google. Yeah, that's going to set you far ahead and and be a a great baseline setup uh, for when you get into Bing. Um, But don't count on it just being perfect. You need to, you know, yeah, let it run for a couple weeks. Now start fine-tuning. Well, depending on your budget, you may want to, you know, check it after a week. Um, you know, you, know you need, mm. 
I hadn't thought of this until right until exactly right now, but I wonder, given that Microsoft provides more keyword data than Google does to uh, through 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 its webmaster tools, I'm wondering if there's a new renaissance in SEO tools that could come out of this. That's that's an interesting thing. Actually, that's a, that's it. I hadn't thought of that. Um, but you're right. It just yeah. occurred to me if we if we can um, you know if you now have two things that relatively resemble pineapples, you can compare them equally. Right. Where before we had a pineapple and a bowling ball. <laughs> you know. <laughs> <laughs> and now it, and I mean, who knows? This is just speculation. I have no idea what the what the um, an ads um, API will look like. I have no idea, you know, what kind of information that you'll be able to, you, one would be able to draw from the paid ad ecosystem and and apply to the uh, the, the the organic ecosystem uh, in relation to Microsoft. Um, but I'll bet you somebody more clever than I will will spot the opportunity here. Yeah. The last thing I find really interesting about Google's um, agreement with the FTC. Is this is the, and this is one of the major major bug boots of smaller publishers in relation to Google. Google is by essence a scraping machine. It scrapes content and um, reserves it based on user interest. Mm-hmm. User interest, right? Yeah. So think of a company like Yelp. Um, Yelp had a big problem a couple of years ago in that. All of its critical information was appearing at Google.com when one did a search, and Google had incorporated reviews from Yelp.com into their search results. Why bother going to Yelp? Why should Yelp get the click? Why should anybody see any cost recovery advertising Yelp had placed around its reviews when they could just see that information at Google? So uh, Yelp made an agreement with Google that allowed it to opt out of snippets where, you know, Google wouldn't publish that exact information. It would publish the reference to Yelp, but it wouldn't publish Yelp's information. Well, a bunch of news sites have a similar problem with Google. The reader sees the headline in the small snippet, gets a general gist of the story, and doesn't bother clicking through to the newspaper itself. And again, other other information publishers have similar problems around Google. So, Google will be allowing publishers to opt out of having snippets of their content thrown up in uh, in, in, in in search results. Personally, I think that's great, and and this goes back to a, a conversation we had had uh, previously, and I think. Totally agree. It should be mandatory. Um, you know, I just did a search whether Victoria, B.C., because that's where I am. You can search whatever, Leonardo da Vinci. And, and this was a pet peeve of mine uh, a while back, if you'll remember, is you, you can't just show this data. <laughs> um, you know, I mean, I understand that as a searcher, it's great. I search whether Victoria, B.C., bam, there's my weather. But companies yeah. are, are, are built to collect this. Um, and you're right, Yelp is a great example. You're not giving them the ability to monetize what they've got. And you're right, I mean, for a lot of decisions, like weather, I just want to know if I need an umbrella, right? Like, I don't need an elaborate, what's the barometric pressure kind of breakdown of my day. I just need to know 
how, how cold is it and do I need an umbrella? Um, and that's, sorry, I know you're in Toronto. That's the question I have to ask is whether I need an umbrella or not. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I need not ask such questions. But the company that went and gathered that information, be it Environment Canada or a private company, I mean, I don't, I don't see Google thermometer on every street corner. Right. Or weather station. Oh, you know that's coming. They'll just start using my Android phone, and every time it's out of my pocket. <laughs> Indeed, eh? <laughs> it is. Uh, it's exactly 98.3 degrees outside <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> um, indeed. At any rate, Google dodged what could have been um, one of the biggest bullets it had faced in its, uh, what is it, it's got to be 15, 13 to, 13 years? 14-year career now. And its 14-year yeah. existence as an entity, um, this antitrust, ha- had things gone another direction for them on the antitrust case, Google might have had to do everything from lift the hood on the algorithm, which it, you know it, it's the last thing it wants to do, um, to killing its golden goose, AdWords, or changing it, changing it in such a way that it wouldn't be such a golden goose anymore. Um, okay, it's uh, we're getting close to first break. We got about four or five minutes before we got to take our first break. Um, just so listeners know, we have Christine Sashinger coming on, uh, one of the experts in uh, social media and personal privacy. She's coming on to talk about the Google Plus system. Now, before our friends over at Search Engine Watch get a little bit too worried, because I know they're going to be having uh, Christine on to talk about um, <laughs> Google Plus and privacy on their show next week, just to let you all know, we're actually going to take this a slightly different direction and talk about webmasters. <laughs> but Christine's going to be on in a few minutes. Um, again, we got a couple minutes. Where do we want to go? What else has been happening out there in the world? Do you notice know, anything interesting? Well, I, I think more than um, did I notice anything interesting, because things have been fairly, I mean, other than, you know, FTC things, um, fairly quiet um, in the in the old algorithm for the last uh, for the last couple weeks. I don't know if it has been, you know, globally, but I know, you know, we've run a few ranking reports and stuff like that. They're all, you know, position up, position down, nothing, no no major shakeups recently to, uh, to speak of. Um, I am expecting, though, a, uh, well, you, you get that first, and historically, just, you know, from what, from what I've noticed, um, somewhere between about the 4th and the 10th of, uh, of January, we usually get a, an interesting little update, uh, flavor of things to come in a, in an interesting kind of way. So last year it, there was one, but then they, then they, you know, threw that February one at us, uh, he who shall not be named. Um, series actually that started i mean i'd say this period last year was the beginning of six months of almost weekly something new was being introduced eh? yeah something being introduced and and i think what we're going to see this just this is prediction not uh, you know matt cuts isn't you know calling me up going hey guess what's happening um but i prediction within the next week we'll see an interesting update and it's probably if it goes like most years do um be a predictor of things to come last year kind of took a hard left because they went a direction that uh i wasn't necessarily predicting but um their, their first updates did tend to focus a little bit on content 
So it, it did sort of predict, but in a, in a very, very different way because it wasn't a, uh, a Panda update at the time. Uh, but I am looking forward to this update to see, hey, you know, what, what is it that you're looking at for this year? Um, and, and often their first update, first major update of the year will sort of set the tone uh, for what's coming. And, and I'm going to guess it's going to happen sometime next week. Okay, well, just to set the tone for our show, I'm going to guess it's going to happen around the Google Plus system. And I think that up that update was actually an information update that we received last week. But you know what? I want to save that. I want I want to sit on top of that. We got Christine on the phone. She's waiting on hold. We should go to commercial and come back with Christine. Talk a lot about Google Plus, the ecosystem, and 2013. So, uh, friends, on behalf of Dave Davies from Beanstalk SEO, this is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media. You're listening to Webcology on WebmasterRadio.fm. It's the third of January, 2013. Stick around. We're back after these messages. Sit tight and don't move. Webcology. We'll be back after this short break. Rise links and web indexes. Take a bow to the largest link map in the world. Majestic SEO. Majestic SEO wields its virtual sort with speed and accuracy to deliver detailed reports of your company's link data and that of your competition. Let Majestic SEO make you your own king of Internet marketers and join the crusade of clients and agencies that have chosen the noble choice for link intelligence. MajesticSEO.com Maximize ROI to use your time and let Majestic wield its mighty sword. MajesticSEO.com It's good to be king. Oh yeah, my day is done. Time for happy hour. You're already done for the day? Yeah, because I use CertifiedKnowledge.org. Their PPC tools literally save me hours every day. How do you keep on top of all of Google's new features? Easy. With Certified Knowledge, their interactive learning modules keep me up to date. And if there's something I don't know, I can watch their video lessons without having to hunt around the Google help files. Great. I'm ready to expand my knowledge. Hi, I'm Brad Geddes. I'm the only leader officially supported by Google to teach the advanced track of the AdWords Seminars for Success. I personally recommend CertifiedKnowledge.org as your one-stop shop for all your PPC needs. Learn. Optimize. Connect. Be smart. Go to CertifiedKnowledge.org now. Johnson, what's this mantis I keep hearing about? Do we need to call an exterminator? No, sir. Moby Mantis is our new SMS marketing tool. SM what? SMS. Text messaging. Moby Mantis lets us communicate directly with our customers in real time. We can send promos, coupons. It even lets our customers market for us by sharing offers with their friends online. It's been great for business. Hmm. Sounds expensive. Actually, I sign us up for an extended free trial. It hasn't cost us a dime. Good work, Johnson. I guess the only thing we'll be exterminating is the competition. To get your free extended trial of Moby Mantis, text RADIO to 21691. That's RADIO to 21691 for Moby Mantis. Broadcasting at the speed of sound. WebmasterRadio.fm. The flamethrower. WebmasterRadio.fm. We're everywhere. Commercials off. Now back to Webcology, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Here are the hosts, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Two minutes past the hour on the 3rd of January, 2013, and Google is entering the new year trying to tie up loose ends. Now, interestingly, it's not 
business or operations or even technological loose ends Google's thinking about. I mean, seriously, the company has the most intelligent workforce ever assembled. They're coping with their own loose ends. No, it's, uh, it's your loose ends that interests them. I believe that over the next decade, Google expects to facilitate many of the physical tasks and mental chores that you, gotta, you have to do daily, from basic shopping um, to ordering and recording the complexities of your own financial life. Google's building systems to improve your abilities to achieve what can best be described as life-fulfilling needs or life-need fulfillment. Um, example, uh, Google developed a prototype for a self-driving car. The company now maintains a fleet to shuttle staff and key visitors around the San Jose and Silicon Valley region. Safer and ultimately less costly than human-controlled vehicles, Google's driverless cars are moving metaphors to the future of Google services. A huge number of your annoying daily chores, they can be automated. Dave, you and I earlier were talking about what happens when your kid finishes the the last uh, liter of milk in the fridge. You know, your, your Google fridge will inform you that, you know, until he drank the last, last uh, liter of milk and you have to pick some up. And I wrote back to you, well, why, why should Google stop there? Why shouldn't it just inform your supermarket of choice that as part of the hourly delivery, delivery schedule they now have going, you need new milk? Um, and why shouldn't it just be delivered to you? Um, there's... So many things that we do on a daily basis that can easily be done for us if only our various life systems know that these things need to be done. Now, here's the rub. There's one essential factor made up of 7 billion unique things standing between Google services and the promise of an automatic lifestyle for all. And that essential factor is what Dave, what makes you essentially Dave and what makes me essentially Jim and what makes Christine over there essentially Christine. You can call it a soul. You can call it the unique configuration of neural pathways, whatever. The end result's the same. Every person on earth has slightly different combination of needs, wants, abilities, resources, talents, and ambitions. And thus, every version of Google services needs to be unique to the user. That's brain daunting, eh? Could you imagine yep. trying to figure out what 7 billion people need? So you, you, you can't do it by trying to figure it out. You can only do it by having them tell you what they need, and that's what I think Google Plus is truly all about. Um, late last week, in the middle of the, uh, the, 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 the turkey coma people were experiencing after Christmas... Eric Schmidt announced that Google Plus is, in fact, an identity engine. So, we've been giggling about Google Plus being a ghost town. We've, you know, been joking about terrible user numbers. We've laughed at Google's attempt to build a social network, while at the same time being in awe with their audacity, like Google, Google author, like authorship. You know, I feel like I'm being forced into adapt into adopting the the dictates of Google Plus just to keep my clients visible in the Google ecosystem and to keep myself as an author visible in the Google ecosystem. But I'm not really sure I like it, and that's because I don't think I really understood it. I thought it was about search and social. I was wrong. It's about you. It's about me. It's about Christine. It's about everybody as individuals and whatever information they can grab about them. 
I know. I think it's kind of neat. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, I think everybody on the on the phone, our, our engineer, and, and all of our listeners can can agree. We're, we're all. I can't speak for everybody, but let's just say we're nerds. <laughs> um, and go. Yes, we're all going to think it's neat because that's kind of cool. And you think about the power of what they could do with that. It, and this is going to the hey, if they actually, you know, were known to really follow in the modern world the "don't be evil" mentality of things, um, and you can go, yeah, there's there's a lot of really cool stuff you could do, right? You can get a lot of personalization, as as we discussed earlier. You know, if I believed that it would be completely non-intrusive, sure, understand whether I've got milk in my fridge, right? Order it for me if I've opted in, you know, and I've got the you know funds in the account for it or whatever. But you know, and heck, you know, set that up with the AdWords so it can, you know, feed me advertising, you know, whatever. There's a million things you can do in there. But um, the, the idea of a organization uh, of, of the size and influence of Google um, without the, you know, pesky privacy concerns that, say, a governmental body would have or just the disorganization that governmental bodies are known to have in trying to communicate with each other, one organization having all of my personal data, all of my buying habits, all I got an Android, all of my location data, um, you know, everything, basically everything. And I'm giving most of it to them, and I, I do it happily, right? I got an Android. <laughs> I happily give them all of this. Um, this idea of putting an indicator and going, okay, and you know what? I know that's you, and you know how long I'm going to know it? Till the earth blows up. <laughs> I'm going to have it that long. Yeah. Um, you know, there's there's some um, some concerns that I have, and interestingly, I don't think my kids do. They've grown up in that world, right? We, you and I, grew up in an era where we looked at communist Russia and went, "Oh my goodness, they are infringing on your rights." And that this idea of, well, if you don't want to, you know, don't do anything wrong if you don't want people knowing what you're doing, uh, kind of side of things. And we looked at that with horror. Yeah. And now, we we happily <laughs> we, let, let, we let to, and give organizations that don't have the same privacy concerns. Uh, you know, I mean, they've got some, but don't have the same privacy imperatives um, that a governmental body would in place. And then is also under the jurisdiction of of a governmental body that can walk in and grab that data at any time if they felt so inclined. It's frightening. Well, my friend, if you feel uh, slightly perturbed, slightly concerned about your information turning you from being a, uh, a consumer into a data point, if you're concerned about that this minute, I'm going to be curious how you're going to feel in about five minutes because we're bringing in Christine Sassinger, and Christine has, more than anybody else I can think of, um, studied Google Plus, the um, NSTIC, the National Standard for um, Verifiable Profiles in Cyberspace, and well, you know what? I think I, I think we we best just leave this to Christine to phrase what I think is going to have you pretty you would be and a whole bunch of others pretty scared in a few minutes. Christine, welcome to Webcology. Hi guys, how are you doing today? <laughs> well, I'm shaking in my slippers, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> well, and and probably somewhat rightfully so. 
Okay, let's uh, let's break stuff down into bite-sized morsels before we dive right in. Because I mean, this is pretty heady stuff. It's pretty hard to, to keep track of. We're going to be using a lot of acronyms. And we're going to be talking about global scale technologies. So, like, it's kind of... Uh, your head might explode. <laughs> I know mine might. <laughs> um, it, it is. It's um, the national... The NSTIC, or NSTIC as they call it, is the National Strategies for Trusted Identities in Cyberspace. Mm-hmm. It's um, meant to replace the password, although that's kind of a misnomer because passwords wouldn't really go away completely. Um, but the idea is that instead of just like a password where you log into a website, you would have identity providers, and you could have multiple identity providers, but right now the only certified ones are Google, Equifax, and PayPal um, that we would we would deal with. There's others on the government level, but those are the ones we would deal with. Um, and what they do is they hold your identify uh, your identity, um, and then they verify that you are you. And then when you say go to a site, let's say Pandora, requires that you're over the age of 13. Instead of saying to Pandora, "Yes, I am me," and I say I'm over 13, your identity provider would uh, would verify that you are over 13 to Pandora by giving it a piece of um, of uh, credentialed identity information, uh, and would be the trusted party that would say that this is true. So, so really, I'm, uh, you know, I'm, I'm always thinking of a career in white collar crime. So why don't I start set? Well, I mean, seriously, Dave. I mean, if if one's going to do it, go white collar where the real money is, right? So why don't I just start setting up my profiles now? I mean, I'm going to need a good cover uh, ten years from now when I'm old enough to start thinking about retirement. Well, um, the there is some validity to that, right? Um, the idea that this will be crime-proof is obviously a misnomer as well. Uh, but if you notice, when you go to Google now, um, you're only given the idea that you can get one account. Now, we all know in our industry that other people do have multiple <coughs> already, but um, and that you have to use a quote-unquote real name. Um, and that if on Facebook your account gets shut down or you get suspended, you do have to provide a government ID to get that account re-out. So you are no longer allowed to get your account unsuspended from Facebook without providing uh, government credentials. Now, Facebook right now isn't officially a government um, credentialed identity provider, but they are obviously rumored to become one for obvious reasons. Well, I understand that. Um, no, 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 okay. Before we go further, this is a program that was started with with what appears to be good intentions, making it making you a verifi- a verifiable citizen of cyberspace. True, and and it is the the key here is it is voluntary, quote unquote. So that means that that you have to voluntarily enroll in one of these identity providers programs. Um, but then again, it's already going to be put into Medicaid and Medicare system. And um, to replace the old federated ID system. So I don't know at that point how voluntary it is because if you need your Medicaid or Medicare check and you have to use this system to get it, then at that point is it really a voluntary system? And I think that's where you get into the crux of the NSTIC issues where they use words like voluntary and anonymous, but the words are really as you define them. Well, I mean, it's, 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 much, like the credit, it's much like the credit system. You don't need to get a credit card. You don't need to be involved in the credit system. Good luck traveling. Exactly, exactly. Or owning a home or anything like that, correct? 
Um, well, speaking of the credit system, I understand Equifax, the large consumer credit profiling organization, is part of the NSTIC. Correct, it is, and so is PayPal. And if you use PayPal, you've noticed over the last year, you've had to provide additional credentials to verify your PayPal account. And um, I know this is maybe on the USF effort right now. I don't know if that's international. But the NSTIC program is an international program. So wherever you are in the world, the intention is this will be a global effort. And, in fact, um, one of the meetings last year was in London, ironically, in the George Orwellian room at Google headquarters. So... You're kidding. No, that's in one of my articles. I thought it was kind of funny. Now, this is – the American government is participating in this, right? American government um, launched the program at the Chamber of Commerce, but the American government is not allowed to spy on citizens, so therefore it is not allowed to hold this data. The data has to be run through private corporations. So private corporations are being now at this point in, going to be entrusted with this data. The problem is there is no le- legal uh, – real legal anything to cover what they do with this data except for the FIPS laws, which can be signed away with a terms of service agreement. Um, There is something called the IDEGS, I believe it's called, the identity, it's in my article and I have to look up the exact acronym because there's so many of them. Um, (laughs) But it is the the quote-unquote oversight group um, where anybody can join it to help, um, help form the laws that are supposed to oversee these what they can do with your data once they have it, the identity providers. But at this point, I haven't seen, they've been around for a while, I haven't seen anything that they've proposed actually been enacted. So, so what teeth uh, well, they have. Well, what, 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 what I guess I'm trying to establish um, is this is a program that has the tacit support of world government. There's no UN black helicopters flying around trying to steal people's identities, uh, is there? The, the, the folks in Oklahoma don't have to worry about um, black helicopters, be they Apache-sized or RC-sized, seizing their identities, do they? Um, well, I think they're voluntarily already giving them up, so I don't think they have to worry about the government taking them. Okay. So, I, just wanted, yeah. I just wanted to make sure that we didn't end up on some conspiracy site somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> no. No, but um, no, the funny thing is when you talk about this, people think it's a conspiracy theory, but the truth is because of the open the transparency laws now of government, you can find these things on government websites. You can find the NSTIC program has a full website, and it explains to you everything that they plan to do. Um, and then uh, you can find the meetings and where those are located. And um, sorry about that. <laughs> sorry. Nice ringtone. My yep. goodness. I mean, how, how, how can you be so stressed about all the evils in the world and have a ringtone like that? <laughs> I know, right? I <laughs> So, um, but the identity ecosystem is um, has the potential for great abuse, and that is the problem because the identity provider, instead of like when you go now to 50 different websites and all they have is your password data, whatever name you created and whatever email address you decided to give them, and maybe possibly a credit card or a, pay, a PayPal account, the identity provider is has to verify you are you, and they have to do that with great authority. So that means they contain a great amount of information on you. And the legalities right now are not in place to govern what they do with that data and that information. Although one would think, much like the um, Interact system wants to guard your personal privacy as closely as it can, because you know, that system relies on a, on a trust relationship between you, the user, and they, the information holder. I'd imagine the same thing would be true about um, 
NSDIC. In which way? Well, it's a trust relationship. That information has to be sacrosanct, or we, the consumer, can no longer trust the service provider, the information holder. True, and that would mean the third-party site can no longer trust it as well. Um, and the idea is that uh, there'll be some level of anonymity because the identity provider doesn't have to give out but limited information, but that's really pseudo-anonymity because the identity provider will know everything that you are doing. Um, in your mind, how big a leap is this from systems we already currently have in place where Facebook knows pretty much everything there is to know about me or Google knows pretty much everything they really need to know about me? I think it's a huge leap because right now the only, I do use a, a Droid phone, which I reluctantly use, uh, but I don't use any Google apps. I use very little Google Gmail. I actually really dislike it. I'm one of the few. Um, Facebook, I don't use any of their apps. I give them very little, limited information. I'm not required for them to verify who I am in any way, shape, or form. Um, so I can give them all the wrong data I want. I don't have a, a picture that they can identify me by. Um, if you're an author in Google Authorship, you actually have to make sure your picture is one that they can show who you are and that they can see who your face is, and that's because um, they need to be able to recognize one phone from another, which is different. Identity is different. Also, identity doesn't require that they know who you are by name and by face. Identity also goes by relationships and also lots of other data. There's algorithmic ways to determine, uh, determine who somebody is, so it goes very deep. Okay, now, I wanted to use this segment of the show to set the stage for the next segment. Um, it's 22 the hour. We're going to have to take a break in a few moments. We're going to come back, and we're going to have somewhere between, like, you know, 10 to 12 minutes to explore how marketers should think about this environment. Um, but, you know, before we jump to that, I'm afraid we've got, we got to pay some bills here on WebmasterRadio.fm. So on behalf of Dave Davies from Beanstalk SEO, this is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media. You're listening to Webcology on WebmasterRadio.fm. It's the 3rd of January, 2013. Stay tuned. More fun stuff coming up after these messages. Sit tight and don't move. Webcology will be back after this short break. Aim clear. This is how you sell with social. Have you tried to do CPA conversions using social PPC and failed? <laughs> You're not alone. These days, Facebook, LinkedIn, and YouTube require true specialists to dominate. <laughs> Aim clear. The agency brings definitive psychographic targeting, bleeding edge creative, and killer content amplification to the social advertising table. Aim clear. This is how you sell with social. Aim clear. This is how you sell with social. Looking for a white-label SEO and social platform for your clients? Think eBrands. Free and unlimited SEO audit reports. eBrands. Premium Facebook apps and welcome page creators. eBrands. Twitter management app, analytics, and mobile site generators. eBrands. Let eBrands manage your search and social media campaigns and give you and your clients access to their white-label dashboard, which have great reports that will wow your clients and deliver great ROI and results. Try eBrands for 30 days. Go to eBrands with a Z. Celebrating the best in online advertising, the Web Marketing Association presents the 11th Annual Internet Advertising Competition Awards. 
Submit your banner ads, email ads, rich media, online newsletters, websites, and social media campaigns now by going to www.iacaward.org. Deadline for entries is January 31st, 2013. All winners will have their entry highlighted on the Internet Advertising Competition website as well as receive a handsome trophy to display or a personalized certificate of achievement. Be honored among your online advertising peers by submitting your entry today into the Web Marketing Association's 11th Annual IAC Awards. Go to www.iacaward.org now. WebmasterRadio.fm. Keep your headphones handy and the feed loaded. We never stop. Do you? Commercials off. Now back to Webcology. Only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Here are the hosts, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Okay, one deep breath. Just chill out. <laughs> Calm down. Brasco, I gotta say, I, I've got, I've got, I, 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 I can't avoid this. That was one of the funniest commercials I've ever heard, and it was a great commercial. The uh, the one for Aim Clear. But one of the fun things about being in, uh, having been in this industry so long is, um, you know, I know the guys at Aim Clear. I know Marty Weintraub really well, and. Uh, I'm never going to be able to listen to that commercial without laughing my ass off again. Um, but I'm not going there. I'm going to be more mature than that. Okay. Yeah, right. <laughs> well, I am. I'm trying. I'm, what, I'm, what I'm really doing is working myself down from the fit of giggles I went through for the entire commercial break. <laughs> my head hurts. Okay. Okay. Whew. Okay. <laughs> okay. So... Be serious here. We're doing um, action items for our listeners. It's nothing to do with uh, this big face of Marty Weintraub dominating us. It's about <laughs> our listeners. Um, <laughs> okay, so looking at Google Plus earlier in my in my vlog, uh, <laughs> Steen, I mentioned that. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> do, do you want me to describe the look on Marty's face? <laughs> <laughs> okay, earlier in uh, introducing Christine, I, I mentioned that Google has, in many ways, forced us in the SEO community to feel compelled to push the Google Plus system. You want some good search results, you better be involved in Google Plus, my friend, or we, uh, we have to think what's going to happen to those nice search results. We got. So, Dave, um, just, you know, Looking at, at this as, as, as a search marketer, has your relationship to Google Plus changed at all? Um, you know, it, it hasn't yet. So I, I, I suppose I should say, because I'm thinking about it more, I suppose my relationship inherently is changing. Uh, my direct relationship with it, i.e. me going over you know, to my Google Plus and communicating and adding people in, no. No, it hasn't. But, um, you know, it, it does lend itself to an under, a stronger understanding. You know, I mean, I, I certainly, and, and I'm sure it was on the show, uh, mocked the efforts repeatedly through there. You know what I mean? They, they did a lot of great things, brilliant thing. Uh, but, you know, it, it was a lot like uh, Microsoft deciding to launch a search engine under MSN, right? It was like, yeah, but there's already something there with all the people. 
and and it and it works great, right? Google will beat you to it. It's too late. So I, I had sort of that angle, and I can't remember if it was before the show or during. The mistake I was making at the time was I was viewing it as a social network. I mean, you know, I, I think it was a fair enough assumption that's what it was launched as. Um, but it has become clear, and certainly through the through the conversations here. Um, it is more than that. It is an identity service. I mean, Eric called it himself, so there, there we are. Um, and, and so you start to look forward and go, okay, what is it? And how can I combine this with other things? Um, you know, how can I combine what they're doing there with stuff I'm doing on my phone and start to piece things together in a similar way when Windows 8 came out and you see, okay, on tablets, on my Xbox, right? And you start to piece these different things together and go, got it. It's, it's, it's one uniform system here that they're building. They're just building it in pieces. And then before we know it, there we are. Um, and so I, I think that's that's a lot of what marketers need to be considering is not just what is it as this social network, but what is it becoming? I mean, I, you know, my dad may not have a um, Google Plus profile, you know, nicely set up and et cetera, et cetera. But really, that doesn't matter. What matters is, did he log into a Google service? Did he log out? Is he using that to track his behavior? Is he going to start to use that to like? Is he going to use it as identity verification? Now, my dad's a lawyer, so probably not. But will a lot of people? It's, it's a lot easier. Like, how often have you? I do it on Search Engine Watch all the time. You can log in in a variety of ways. I log in with Facebook. Why? Because it's easier. And personally, I don't mind if all my Facebook friends know that I'm on Search Engine Watch. In fact, it probably works out for me. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, you do it because it's easier. I could set up my own profile there, but, eh, <laughs> I can what click if, one what button. What if SEW just knew it was you and was able to, again, use all these verification services all acting in concert with each other and looking like through a hub called Google Plus? Mm-hmm. You know, because that's going to become essential to you as the brand Dave Davies, you as the brand Beanstalk SEO, and also as it's where I, where I where I would like to go either with this conversation or one in on a future show. Whatever brand you as Dave Dave you Dave Davies and you Beanstalk SEO are representing, well, I got this I got this feeling that the central hub point is going to be Google Plus. Now, Christine just wrote in the uh, instant message chat that we have going on the side. Um, something Matt Cutts said at SMS Advanced. Uh, Christine? Oh, at SMS Advanced, um, Matt said that making any real significant changes to your SEO strategy based on Google Plus right now um, versus like going traditional like with links and things would be, uh, would be a misstep, that it's not that, that significant at this point. But uh, SEO Moz has conducted experiments that have you know, shown a Google Plus promoted post will rank faster how many posts and what was the experiment i'd have to look at the experiment i have i have um sometimes issues with how those are run given that i have a a statistical background i'd have to look at how the experiment was actually run well i mean not to take anything away from from seo moz it was likely run like most other seo experiments um you tried a couple times and because it worked you have anecdotal evidence that yes this works and it's not to say that there aren't anecdotal situations where it possibly is working. Matt was talking in a broad case, right? So, like, if I write an article 
for everybody. I have to cover, you know, everyone's possibilities versus there might be in some instances where it does help. What about so, getting in on the ground floor? I mean, like, wouldn't you think that one who establishes their identity now or who works on their brand now has a stronger position in the future? I think it's possible. I mean, like in early days when I used to work on code and everyone said code didn't matter, but my sites were ranking much better um, two years before that came down from Google. Sure, it's possible. But, you know, it's also with um, identity, you have to be very careful because you make a misstep with identity and what happens to your brand and what happens to your product and what happens to your your thing. I would be not experimenting with anything um, in my main line. Um, I would definitely be experimenting with maybe sidelines I created or something of that nature because what happens if if you make a, an error? Yeah, yeah, yeah but it is, isn't, that, isn't that a... Uh a sword that's <laughs> all of our heads now all the time? I mean, I, I imagine that sword's already there. Yeah, I, I think it is. And I mean, I think one thing, and, and sorry, I, I'm going to kind of contradict what Christine's saying, but go with the spirit of, of what I think she, she's trying to get at here. But one thing that I, I love about Matt um, is it he's highly predictable every time he opens his mouth, right? Like you, I mean, he may say something that surprises you, but when you hear what he's saying, it, it, once you're a, an experienced SEO, and I'm sure everybody here can can understand what I'm getting at here, you know what he's saying because he has to omit data. I was going to say he has to lie. No, he he, he never lies. But he has to omit data. And so to very carefully craft that as right now doing this isn't going to give you some big results, yeah, it may not. But would I think it wise to make sure that, hey, you know, I've I've got a profile, you know, I'm following some good people, I'm active enough to be plus wanting, so basically building this reputation. And I think this is where Christine's getting at. Don't be running weird tests. Actually do the stuff that would give you a good reputation in this in this network. Will that help me down the road if, if Google can look at my overall patterns on how I interact with Google Plus, how I use the logins, how I interact with YouTube, how I use Chrome and my Android to, to sort of support my, my trust levels and then actually deploy this later in, in a more useful way directly related to marketing? Yeah. So I, I think can it have an effect now? No, they haven't worked out the bugs on how to quickly spam the crap out of it, but can you sort of build this groundwork on your profile to, I mean, not that you're supposed to do that, but let's say you do have profile um, you know, can you lay the groundwork in, in this environment to sort of take more advantage of it later as we start to see exactly how this filters out? I, I would say yes. And actually, you know, it's funny. I haven't been using it that much, but now talking my way through that and hearing, you know, understanding a little more about what Matt's saying there, um, the fact that he even mentioned it but said don't do it tells me there's, there's, there's some gold in them there hills. <laughs> okay. Um, Christine, I got to ask. I mean, what's the matter with you? You don't want better advertising delivered to you? <laughs> so, Christine, you're not diving on the Google Plus bandwagon for your clients right now. Is, is, is that what I'm hearing? Um, I was talking and you couldn't hear me and I realized I had the mute button on. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> We've never done that on our show. <laughs> not me. Um, 
No, what I was trying to say, um, Dave's exactly right. I always listen to what Matt's not saying or what he's admitting. Um, I listen to what he's actually saying. Um, yeah, I think Dave's exactly right. I also think a natural use pattern on Google Plus right now is not overly active one, to be honest. Um, <laughs> Fair enough. If you're out there and you're like, hey, I've got like the most friends and I've got like the most posts and I'm doing all that, well, you're not a typical G Plus user, are you? Because they really. <laughs> Oh my goodness, so they'll be detecting us spamming them because we're actually using them. <laughs> There's some truth to that, isn't there? Because that isn't an actual natural pattern on G+. There are niches where people are using G+, but overall, it's not a highly active platform. So no, um, my brain hurts more than ever. Oh, well, I, you know, I, I really thought that this episode was going to clear a lot of this brain hurt that I'm getting. It didn't. It's, it's worse than ever. And just another, just say, there are... Well, not that I, I, I've only heard this with whispering winds. Some people do have multiple identities, and you do use those to experiment. Um, and there are anecdotal evidence of authors who cannot get based on previous histories as families. So you do have to be very careful when you get out there on G Plus and start with identity and authorship patents you have in there that you will have that follow you for public um, Okay. So be careful with identity. Identities different you know there's been uh, there's been some interaction in the webmaster radio chat room we, I'm afraid we can't get to it because we are at the end of the show we're at five minutes to the hour the news is the news is coming hot on our heels and we are going to be having this conversation several times more this year I think um, Dave you got any last words before we go um you know what? Let's—I actually was about to fa- or, or get one together. But let's give Christine any any parting words because uh, you're you're having the pleasure of being on our on our show here. Um, any any parting words for our listeners on on maybe what they should be doing, what they should be uh, wary of. I just think everyone should start reading up on what the NSTIC is. I think I see a lot of articles on G plus where nobody understands the identity concept, and if you don't understand G plus and the concept of identity, then you are not understanding what G plus really is. Okay, uh, Christine Zashinger, thank you so much. I do, I, I, I do want to make a note that you have an article on Google and um, NSTIC in Search Engine Watch this week and next week on Search Engine Weekly. You're going to be even going further in depth on the issue. Um, Christine, thank you for joining us on uh, on Webcology on Webmaster Radio today. Um, friends, on behalf of Dave Davies, this is Jim uh, from Beanstalk SEO. This is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media. You've been listening to. Webcology on webmasterradio.fm. You can uh, check us out at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific. You can check us out in the archives, check out former or podcasts in the archives at Webmaster Radio. You can go to iTunes or pretty much anywhere fine podcasts are distributed. Happy New Year. Thanks for, uh, thanks for listening, and we will talk at you next week. This has been a presentation of WebmasterRadio.fm, the world's largest business-to-business radio and podcast network. We welcome you to sample past episodes of this program, as well as our complete library of programs, on demand or on the air via our 24-7 live audio stream at www.WebmasterRadio.fm. 
The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited.